Living Corporate is brought to you by The Access Point. The reality is, this is the largest influx of black and brown talent corporate America has ever had. And as a result, a variety of talent entering the workforce are first-generation professionals. The other reality? Most of these folks aren't learning what it means to navigate a majority white workplace in their college classes. Enter The Access Point, a live weekly web show within the Living Corporate Network that gives black and brown college students the real talk they need and likely haven't heard elsewhere. Every week, our hosts and special guests are dropping gems, so don't miss out. Check out The Access Point, airing every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard on livingcorporate.tv. I often talk about this thing called emotional goals where, uh, so, you know, sometimes people just have resolutions and goals and they just kind of say they're going to do something for the sake of doing it and they end up not doing it. And it's not really that big of a deal. Whereas uh, I like to create goals where when I think about achieving them, I actually feel something. What's up, y'all? Zach with Living Corporate, and we out here. It is March. Time is flying by. Uh, for those who don't know, if you haven't heard uh, my special co-host over the past, I don't know, year or so, um, my daughter, Emery, is turning one next week. I'm super excited. It's wild how time flies by. And as I think about the past year, I think about so many things I've learned um, just by observing, right? You know, as we talk about uh, this whole panoramic, again, pandemic, I, I, I always say the joke and then I have to feel like I have to clarify because, you know, all types of folks who are listening, I want to make sure they know that I'm, I'm speaking about a, a global virus um, that has decimated several families and communities around the world. Um, anyway, as we think about this past year, and we think about all the things that have occurred, which has just been, frankly, too numerous to uh, to account in the intro of this podcast. I think about diversity, equity, inclusion, and really where we are today, and sadly, how um, so much of this work. I don't know, y'all. I, I just I question if we're really in a movement, right? Like, you know, we're shuffling a lot of cards. Um, a lot of activity, but I don't know how much impact we're really creating. And, you know, you think about systems, we talk about systems. I challenge everyone who listens to this to think about the systems and not just individuals. And at the same time, a system is made up of individuals. And I think about, despite all the conversations that we've had, how immature so many supposed allies still are and I think about what will it really have to take for folks to recognize and see the humanity in black and brown people and again this isn't about you know extreme situations of trauma where you're seeing black folks on the street bleeding out it's just the humanity of your colleagues and to speak truth to power and not commiserate in the dark, but share your voice when it means something, when it may risk you losing something. It means really putting yourself out there, putting your capital on the line. 
And that's scary. I get that. But until that's a collective understood ethos, until that is the ethos of white folks, we're not going to make real progress in this work. At the same time, I'm thankful for so many things over this past year and the things I have been able to learn and the people I've been able to meet. And um, one of those people is Rich Jones. Look, Rich Jones is a great, great guy. Uh, He's the host of Paychecks Balances. He's been on the show before. I'm excited because, you know, you ever meet people, you're like, I just really like you. Like, we have this vibe. It's hard for me to put a finger on, but I enjoy our conversations. And we just kicked it. You know, this is an older conversation, but I'm bringing it to you because I don't know how many times I get to just kind of like hang out with like other black men doing similar work, right? You think about paychecks and balances. So they're not a a diverse equity inclusion podcast, but it's content around supporting people that look like me and giving education and insight to folks that look like me. And that means something special to me. And, you know, shout out to paychecks and balances and the whole platform. Um, Shout out to rich and uh, look, before we get into that conversation, we're going to tap in with Tristan. See you in a minute. What's going on, Living Corporate? It's Tristan, and I want to thank you for tapping back in with me as I provide some tips and advice for professionals. Today, let's talk about conflict in the workplace. Recently, I had a coaching call with a client who was having an issue handling conflict in the workplace. So I decided to bring Dr. Clyde Barnett onto the call to discuss conflict resolution strategies that would be helpful. I wanted to share some of the things he discussed from that call because all of us experience conflict at work, and sometimes it can be challenging to get through. Before discussing conflict, we all need to be on the same page on what conflict is. So, for our purposes, the working definition for conflict is an express struggle between at least two interdependent parties who perceive incompatible goals, scarce resources, and interference from others in achieving their goals. While we must recognize that conflict always involves some risk and costs, conflict is like air and doesn't always have to be a negative thing. It is very normal and inherent in human interaction. Therefore, it is a healthy part of any relationship we have in our lives. Conflict can be an opportunity for teaching, learning, and innovation. While it can create damage, that damage is typically due to the dysfunctional strategies we use to deal with them. Sometimes that damage is irreversible, so it's necessary that we develop skills to handle conflict in a healthy way. Another misconception is that conflict is simply a communication issue, but that's not the case. Conflict arises from differences in values, motivations, perceptions, ideas, or desires. That means we have to do a little introspection and reflection to understand our goals and the other person's goals, to figure out where we are not aligned and to recognize the legitimacy of our conflicting needs. This is what opens pathways to creative problem solving, team building, and improved relationships. Let's talk about a few things to help you deal with conflict. First, document your interactions. It can help you quickly relieve and manage stress, but it also provides you with something to refer back to if necessary. You also need to recognize and manage your emotions. Remember, 98% of what people do has little to do with you and everything to do with them. Keeping this in mind can help you keep your emotions in check. Next, you have to improve your nonverbal communication skills. 
Check your face and body language. Is it open and receptive, or are you closed off and showing disdain? This can make a world of difference while trying to resolve the conflict. Lastly, become a better listener. You have to understand why others are upset, work to understand their perspective, repeat words used, ask for clarification, and resist interjecting your own perspective at that point in time. The listening part is critical. One strategy to use is LARA, which stands for listen, affirm, respond, and ask a question or add. This builds respect and common ground between people in conversation, allowing you to explore your differences more openly and honestly. It's important to note that sometimes in conflict, there is no resolution, and other times the resolution may be to remove yourself. That could be from a particular situation, that department, or even from the job completely. Thanks for tapping in with me today. Don't forget, I'm now taking submissions from you all on your career questions, issues, concerns, or advice you think may help others. So make sure to submit yours at bit.ly forward slash tap in Tristan. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume, or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn. Living Corporate is brought to you by The Break Room. Have you ever felt burnt out, depressed, or otherwise exhausted by being one of the onlys at work? You know what I'm talking about. Hosted by black psychologists, psychiatrists, and PhDs, The Break Room is a live weekly web show in the Living Corporate Network that discusses mental health, wellness, and healing for black folks at work. Name another weekly show explicitly focused on mental health, wellness, and healing for black folks at work. I'll wait. This is why you got to check out The Break Room, airing every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on livingcorporate.tv. Rich, man, welcome back, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, good brother. It feels like it's been a long time, but it really hasn't been that long at all, man. It's been like a couple of months, but with the way last year went, you know, it was it was long and we were all crawling to the finish line. How you doing, man? Man, you know, I'm doing well. I was, you know, we did our, I know we talked about this offline, but you know, I know you just heard we did the Happy New Year, year, you know, year in review podcast episode where I kind of talked a little bit about my year, but it was just a crazy, crazy year. And I mean, I know everybody says that, right? Because 2020, like it's 2020 is like a meme up to itself, but uh, it's crazy. Like it was a crazy year. A lot of stuff happened. I had a daughter, um, a global pandemic happened, Man. you know, shoot, living corporate blew up, um, world, you know, just global unrest. Um, Trump was going crazy. He's still going crazy trying to get folks to uh, find votes and he's threatening people over the phone. Um, yeah. And shoot, that's 2021. I can't even put that on 2020, that last part. But yeah, yeah man, I'm, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad to be here. Um, how about you? Same, man. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad it's 2021, just like many of us. And it's kind of weird, man, because I've seen some people describe 2020 as the greatest year of their life. And they said that because they were speaking from like a business. So kind of like how you said living corporate blew up and, you know, they have other things that are going great financially, whatever else. But sometimes when people say that, like it was the best year of my life, I'm like, really? Like 2020 was the best year of your life? Like, I understand you had a lot of good things happen, but are you just saying that because you're about to try and push a course so that people can have a great year like you just did? Or do you really feel like 2020 was like the best year of your life? Right, right, right. Even though I had a lot of good things happen in 2020, 2020 was still trash, all things considered. And that is no shade or disrespect. I know it was the year that you had a daughter. A lot of people had a lot of good things happen in 2020, but the year 
overall, like not good, man. Not good. Not good at all. And <laughs> and I think we got and people got to be thoughtful about just how they frame things, right? Because I've heard people say, you know, this was a pandemic. You know, what I'm saying points getting banned. So I'm like, I mean, okay, a band. <laughs> Is that really a thing? People are saying pandemic. Oh, pandemic! No, a band. No, it's a thing, man. Pandemic. Um, and it's like, yeah, but like four hundred, almost four hundred thousand people have also died. Like, let's keep everything in context. Not to mention all the families that have been impacted, and people who've lost their jobs, and people who've lost their homes, and like the increase, like how things are more expensive because, like, just just all the things. Like, it's just complete chaos and. Yeah, you know, to your point, right, around like people saying it's a great year or I'm just so excited about whatever. And it's like, you know, especially after George Ford was murdered. I know we talked about this a little bit last fall is like, you know, all these people getting excited about some anti-racism training that they're going to put together or whatever the case is. And like they're just looking at everything, literally looking at this like a business op. And I'm just like, that is gross. You know, what I'm saying? that's just nasty. Yeah, it's it's tough, though, man, because even if you look at when people talk about like the stock market and somebody and I think we talked about that, too, a, a little bit is like when things are down, like that's the time to get in because, you know, people are pulling their money out, you know, stock prices are going down. That's the time to be able to buy more. There are new needs and things that people maybe weren't taking as seriously before that they're taking seriously now that someone may have already been offering. So learning has been really big during this time period. So of course we've seen more courses and, you know, there's the LinkedIn learnings and all of those other things that have popped up and those things are necessary and good. And I do believe that people shouldn't stop fulfilling the need that they were intending to fulfill, but there's a lot that goes into the, how you're doing it for me. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not knocking the fact that look, there were opportunities to be taken advantage of. Um, but like you said, it's the how and the attitude behind it, right? I had people hitting me up like white folks straight up who have never done diversity and inclusion work in their entire lives or did it, but did it in a very like white centric way talking about, well, you know, with everything else going on, I promise everything that was the way white people hit me up to talk to me about a man being murdered on camera was all the craziness going on, quote, unquote. <laughs> and they would say, literally, I had like 40s calls, Rich. Yeah, so I had this person that's trying to reach out to me to talk about, you know, how would you do that? So kid calling me up, you know, excited about their own business and then asking me for free consulting. And I'm like, no, right? Like, I'm not going to go into details of, of how I told them no, but I was just like, no, we're not going to do this. I have a pretty good idea. This this also reminds me, and you probably experienced the same thing, maybe for some of your listeners, where you get these emails and it's and it's like, hey, I hope you're doing well during these troubling times. And it's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> what? And it, especially when it was over the summer when all the race when it was peak yes when it was peak and it was like hope you're doing well out there with all with all the ills in the world and i'm like you mean people that look like me dying is that what you're talking about like why don't you just say it you know i I really that's a it's become a peeve it's it's become a genuine i wouldn't call it a pet peeve it's become a genuine point of consternation for me where i'm like look you didn't die okay the least you can do speak on it frankly like in this moment talking to me have the self-awareness to at least just say i don't even know maybe maybe don't even give me the preamble maybe maybe that's maybe that's what it is yeah well this also gets into the thing about whether people should be approaching other folks the 
underrepresented folks or the diverse folks, which I hope we can throw that away this year too, with calling black people diverse or calling anyone who's not oh, white diverse. Man, like, please, 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 please. Like, we got it. We got it. We got to dead that. Yeah, we we got it. Like, oh, so uh, where are you from? I'm from diversia. Like, like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, that's not that's not that's not me. That's that's not my thing. But uh, you you triggered another thought, and I also forgot what I was just about to say is. Uh, with everything that did go on last year for some of the stuff, particularly that came up toward the end of the year, you know, the woman getting fired at Google, uh, full disclosure, it is somewhere that I work by day. I am not a spokesperson or anything like that. I'm just a black man with my experience in corporate America, just <laughs> yes. like you are. Yes. But it's crazy because we have all of these conversations. You got people coming to you asking questions. How do you handle this? They're scheduling trainings, but then like this type of stuff still happens. And especially with the way 2020 went, it's like we had multiple people die. We had black men die, black women die, people just dying generally from a racial injustice perspective. So we have that. We have everything that we've been talking about the past few years generally with DEI and diversity becoming a hot topic. You have all of these trainings and everything else that is being rolled out at all of these different companies. People know what all of the buzzwords even are, even if they're exhausted by them yet we're still having dumb stuff like this happen. And I wanted to use a different word, but I really found myself, uh, particularly with, with the event that happened at, at Google toward the end of the year, and there are a couple other things that happened as well, where I was kind of like, how does this still happen? And it's not just that. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, I, I see stuff happening all of the time, and I have friends who hit me up the same way they probably hit you up. And it's, it's kind of like, despite everything that we're talking about, and despite all of the stuff that's in the news and in the media, we still find ourselves having these situations come up like this. So that's been a little bit crazy to me, I must say. And it's exhausting, man. Like, why are we like just, you know, I, I did read an article and, I've, and I've, I referenced it, actually, because uh, they were talking about basically this whole DNI thing being a grift, like it's a hustle. This whole DNI thing has been like in really full tilt for about a decade. And yet we haven't really seen much change. If any, in fact, we've taken some steps backwards, actually. We're not even hustling in place. We're hustling backwards. Uh, to your point around like diverse, I, we got a dead diverse. We, and then honestly, we got, I'm really tired of people of color also. And I think like, I'm, I'm one of millions who share that sentiment, I know. But I just want to be clear, like I'm sick of it because like, what are you saying? There are times I remember when George Floyd was murdered, the newspaper was, said people of color. I was like, George Floyd was not a person of color. George Floyd was a black man. Like, let's just speak to the, let's speak to the person who they are, right? Like, and he's dead. So can you at least honor his identity and the situation, the specificity of this person passing? Like, this person being murdered? Like, I think, like, what I'm interested in, and I know your backgrounds in communications, is like, valuing the importance of language, right? Like, there's a reason why we choose the words we use when we say the things we say, like, and, you know, I'm hoping that that we can kind of get away from that. That's why even on Living Corporate, like, we don't say we center and amplify people of color at work. We say we center and amplify black and brown people at work. Yeah, it's very explicit. Oh, so you must love BIPOC. You must love that. Oh, one. I hate BIPOC. Though. What is that? What is BIPOC? You know, in Europe, they do something and it's called, I think it's BAM. <laughs> It's black, Asian, Middle Eastern. I'm like, bro, you can't just combine hundreds or thousands of cultures into one acronym. Bam. So bam. That sounds bam. like a legacy, bro. Right. Right. <laughs> it's well, here's, here's the thing. It, it makes it like BIPOC, BAM, 
people of color, diverse people. Like um, the reason why I find it so problematic is because it's just a way to just say all the people that are not default and normal, quote unquote. So let's just bundle all them people up so we can just have a, a count of them and move them over here. Right. Yeah. As opposed to respecting the uniqueness of each of those lived identities and like the hundreds of subcultures within each of those identities. Right. Like, I mean, come on. Um, but, you know, like, let me ask you this, though. So, like, when we talk about 2020, you look back like because I'm, I'm sure we could uh, trade sad stories. Yeah. What were some things that you were excited that you're excited about that happened in 2020? And I'm glad you mentioned the sad story part because uh, I know you just had um, your uh, New Year's episode that it came out at least around the time that you know we're having this conversation here. And I was supposed to do a year in wrap up episode that was supposed to drop like, I don't know, December 30th or 31st. And when I sat down to do that, like I didn't like the energy that I had around it, man. Even though a lot of good things had happened and I'll talk about some of the good things, but I just didn't like the energy that I had from, from 2020. And I ultimately ended up deciding that instead I was going to do an episode on financial habits and personal development habits that I'm taking from 2020 and bringing with me into 2021, you know, so it's like so it feels yeah. a bit more positive. And so it's like, here's what I learned. Here's what I'm going to be doing. But anyway, uh, I think from uh, 2020, I think the one thing that really comes to mind as like a top achievement was creating a career focused course called Change Your Day Job on the Himalaya Learning Platform. So they had reached out to me about uh, creating an audio course specifically. And I've been going back and forth on this idea of creating a course for a while. But, you know, the imposter syndrome, you know, like even though I knew the topic really well, it was a new format for me. It was something right. that I was doing that I had never done before. People are going to like right. it. And uh, I learned a lot about myself during that process, man, it was one of the most challenging, but also one of the most rewarding. And I guess it usually is like that. If something is challenging, it's rewarding right. at the end. But it was right. one of the most rewarding things that I've done because I, I got through it and then it actually gave me the confidence to start doing some other things that have just been on my to-do list for a long time now. You know, like we were talking about offline, we talked about, you know, how I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel. I'm actually recording a video for that today. Uh, I just completed a season of paychecks and balances with just me as the host and and no longer having a co-host. So that was pretty huge. And I just like the level of comfort with that and just the way that I felt by the end of the season, just in terms of how I can navigate and like, yo, I can do this. Like I have all of these creative ideas and everything else. And that was also part of what I learned from creating that course was I'm a creative man. And I'm not sure if it sounds pompous saying that, but just when I think about operating in my zone of genius and the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, that was that book was a game changer for me. And it talks about this concept of operating in your uh, zone of genius. But I noticed when I was creating that course, just the way I was putting things together, uh, the way that I was wording things, the way that I was like scripting and writing stuff out. I'm like, yo, I need to be doing more of this because I really enjoy it. And I know that it's helping people. And I may not be as good as at this right now as I would like to be, but very similar to doing a podcast for years. If I keep doing more stuff like this, like I could get really good at this and also help a lot of people along the way. So creating that, that audio course was definitely number one. It opened a lot of doors and also just opened my eyes in terms of what I'm capable of and some of the things I can do this year. I mean, that's exciting. That's dope. And I think, you know, so one, this conversation, I'm just glad we're having it because 
you know, I'm really passionate this year about having like even more stripped down conversations just around like just us, man. <laughs> like life is so short. Like, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm, you know, as a creative, right? Like, you know, I, I want to kind of talk to you about just like what does it mean like to create content while we have full time jobs and we're doing our thing as black men in these like very corporate, very frankly, high profile logos um, that we ain't got to say on here. Uh, but, um, but, but, you know, it's like, I I think it's important for us to continue to be creative in how we think about our content and how we monetize that content. Like, you know, like when you think about podcasting, like podcasting is a learning modality. Like it's a way that people pick up information. And even if we never see it, someone's getting paid. Of course we're getting paid, but like, yeah, any podcaster that puts up some content, someone's getting paid off that content that you put up. Right. So like, it's important that you figure out ways to monetize that for yourself, for you to see some return on that for yourself. And so you talking about Himalaya, I have some ideas. I want to talk to you off. We'll talk offline about, Oh yes, um, we will. (laughs) um, Because I have some, I have some ideas about that too. You know, LinkedIn learning, LinkedIn learning. I'm really excited about, you know, some things that living corporate um, has been able to, to sign off on and, and I'm excited about us just like continuing to keep in contact because I think we're we're doing different things and yet there's a lot of similarities on our paths. I'm really curious, like, what does it look like for you to build and maintain relationships with other black male professionals? Like, what has that been like for you in your journey as a creative, in your journey as a corporate professional? Like, how's that work for you? Oh, man, that's a fantastic question. And uh, people would probably be surprised at how much time I spend thinking about this, particularly as it relates to black men, because I mean, I'll say it just candidly and honestly, like it's an area where I got to do better in terms of building my network and my circle. So I don't get to have conversations like the one that we're having right now every day, but I'm getting better at that. You know, that's like, I, I randomly hit you up via text like a few days ago, just like checking in on people. I'm, I, that's also part, and I'm not even calling it a resolution. But that's just one of those things I'm trying to get better at generally. And so that circle is starting to grow a little bit because I really do cherish. And yeah, I'm going to use the word cherish, being able to have like these types of conversations, because I find in the spaces that I operate and we talked about this, whether whether it relates to a lot of the diversity work or whether it relates to HR work or being in communications or even a lot of what I talk about on the personal finance side of things, I'm primarily surrounded by women. And if we want to talk about diverse people or people of color, whatever, I'm, I'm primarily surrounded by black women in all of these circles that, um, or all of these worlds that I operate in. And so there are times where I'll actually see, you know, whether it's a mastermind or some community is being set up and it's, and it's like for black women only, which is completely fine, by the way. Like, yeah, that is, absolutely. Like, I, I, I love seeing that. I love seeing sisters uplift each other. I love watching women come together like Voltron. But uh, I'd be lying if I didn't acknowledge that I have this weird feeling sometimes where I say to myself, man, like, why can't black men have this? And I, and I know that there are organizations that are out there that are doing different things, but it feels like our path to kind of working with each other and coordinating is much different than the way that it looks for women. And so I'm curious what you think about that, if that's been your experience, or if you think it's the complete opposite. Nah, no, nah, I think it's really, imp- I think that's a really good call out. And, um, and yeah, to be very clear, love and support everything that black women are doing and all the programs targeted for black women, uh, because, uh, black women, specifically black trans women, um, they're at the bottom of the totem pole. 
Um, they they get the worst. They get the shortest end of every stick. Um, so um, I'm always going to be here to advocate for black and brown women around just the things that they need. And of course, like specifically black women, because um, their needs are unique. So to that end, though, like I don't see um, I'm challenged. I'm challenged to really like meet and coordinate in the same ways with black men, like transparently the people that help me the most and who've been the most supportive of black living women. corporate has been black women. Black Same. Women. Yo, they, my, hold, they hold me down. Yeah, my whole, I mean, I've been doing things, building things online since 2008, and it has always been black women that have supported whatever I've been doing the most. I mean, even right now for my pod, like the audience is like 75% black women. I Same. remember in this real quick story, because I, it really brings it home for me, even in terms of just like the, the role that like black women play is I remember there was a, a conference, it was the Black Weblog Awards uh, in 2010 or 11, whatever it was. And uh, I did one of those things, one of those, it, it wasn't GoFundMe at the time, it was something else, but I was like, hey, uh, I want to make this trip. I just found out about this conference. I would love to go. And at, at this time, I just had my little personal blog and, you know, I ended up raising like $1,500, but that doesn't, that may not sound like a lot of money, but considering it was like a bunch of people giving what they could. And if you, and let's say 75 people contributed to that $1,500, $1,200, whatever it was like 90%. Yeah. Like, like 90% of the people who contributed were black women. I I actually got salty toward black men for a while. I'm I'm like, damn brothers, you, you, you you can't help out. Like you're just gonna, just gonna let the women do all of this, but it, listen, in in some ways, I also feel like that reflected society. And I think in some ways it still reflects the way that um, things are today. We're like, that's where the bulk of the support comes from. And uh, it, I think it even gets into like, like, they can only do so much. Like, no, absolutely. No, they can't. They, again, it's like, it's just like black women continue to be the workhorse for all of America. And that, and that doesn't exclude black men, right? And so I think about like my Kickstarter, First of all, I want to say I can look. I'm gonna go look. I think like 85 percent of the um, of the support was from for, were from women, period. And then of that 85 percent, uh, overwhelming majority were, were black women. And I will say, like you know, I've I've tried not to say it like too much, like on social media and stuff. But black men have been the most consistent letdown. Like when I try to get interviews, or hey, you said you were gonna do this. Hey, can you link me with this? Can I can I get this nerve? You just struck a nerve, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Just because 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 when you started saying that we've been the biggest letdown, I wanted to disagree, and I'll tell you why. And then hopefully doesn't get this doesn't get us too far off track because sometimes I'll see like those like y'all black men need to. And when I see those, I kind of shut down a little bit, or it's like y'all are trash, or like what is this? Like not like they'll find that one dude from the corner of the internet who like really ain't s right right retweet that and then that's the representation of what black men are and i'm like i'm not that my boys aren't that the people that i do roll with and the people who i do see and actually have a a chance to associate associate with aren't that but then i also have to deal with the reality that like we are part of a small group pretty much anyone really who has small very small you know like, like went to college working in corporate america building businesses doing the type of stuff that we're doing we're in a really small group and we are not the norm, even though we, it may feel normal in our circles and us not achieving more may feel abnormal, which is a whole other conversation. But 
generally looking at what's out there and the foolishness. And I've, I've noticed it probably more so in, in the last six to 12 months where I kind of go into circles and into places I wouldn't normally go just to kind of see what the conversation is that's out there. And I've had that thought to myself where I'm like, oh yeah, y'all trash, y'all trash, man. Like y'all making us look <laughs> real bad out here and this ain't simping or anything like that. Like, no, right, right, right. like it's, it's it, like, we're, we're just not showing up the way or at the level that we need to. And I've been going back and forth on, I'm like, is it a will? Is it a socialization thing? Is it like a, a culture? Because I don't want to just tie everything back to, to slavery, you know, because. No, no, no. It's a, it's a real question. No, it's a real question because, and then I think about, to your point, like, I think about like, okay, when you, you ask you the why's behind, I'm like, okay, well, you know, like from a timeline perspective, okay, so my pops, he was born in 1964. His dad was a sharecropper. My grandfather's dad was also a sharecropper. Dang, and then, okay, and then before the, the okay, then and that person was a child of a slave. So, that, so I'm trying to, and so I'm trying to think about like, maybe like just social progression and like, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me. And I, it's not about trying to shoot anybody any bail per se, but I'm trying to figure out just what's going on because it's, it can be lonely out here. It's lonely. It's lonely out here. Black men trying to build things black men especially for like i'm not trying to it's not like a, a pity party or anything like that but like for millennial black millennial men ha can have some lonely experiences like that's that's what i will say it can be lonely out here for us like you know you find somebody who's a little older and you get really excited at least i do i get very excited like oh snap this is the one he's gonna help me da, 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 like whatever we're gonna <laughs> we gonna flip stuff upside down and you know you know, they don't email you back or, you know, they maybe maybe they feel a little threatened or they kind of, you know, you know, ego. you kind of once you want ego, you know, once you once you pull back the layers, maybe they're not they don't have like the expertise that you projected that they had. Right. And so then you get a little even more just like, OK, so you just kind of you just kind of hanging out here. You're not really like trying to like break nothing, which is, you know, OK, I guess no shade to that. Yeah. But it's interesting. Uh, you, I mean, not getting as far off topic at all. I mean, I think for me, you flip the question back to me is like, I don't know. Like, I, I, and I'm gonna shout out Jeremy of Let's Talk, bro, because um, I, and, I, and we need to talk. Um, he's he's the homie. Uh, I think about Rod from the Black Guy Who Tips. Um, like I'm like I'm I'm cool with them. Like I have access to them, and we have really good conversations when we talk. And they've both been on the show, so I'm thankful for both of them. And um, like I said, I have access to them. And so like, I would say like, those are really healthy relationship. You and I like healthy relationship, but you know, those were all new. Like, you know what I mean? Like I have, yeah. I have my, my childhood friends, but I'm talking about in this like creative business building context. It's not a lot, man. It's, it's, it's not. And I mean, I can tell you, I just had a conversation with a black woman that I just met today today rich and it was the most uplifting helpful not to mention a linkedin message i just got while we were talking someone gave me another idea for living corporate very encouraging it's like i pray the best for you this year 2020 literally don't even know me i'm just like what so you know my hope is that i can be and that you can be and that frankly those who are in this like you said this small group that we can be that resource to this next generation of creatives you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. And one distinction I would draw that I think puts us in an even smaller group is the type of stuff that we're talking about. So for example, if we're talking about career development, corporate America, progression, 
all of the BS that comes along with it. We're talking about personal finance, making money moves. They may sound like different topics, but they're still in like this general ambitious, personal, professional development bucket. You know, how do I do better? How do I come up considering all the things that are out there that could potentially be in my way? And when you get into that type of content, I feel like it gets even smaller because I was thinking about, um, because I mean, Rod, he's, Rod has been around forever. He's one of the first podcasts that I listened to. Rod is the godfather of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when he had me and my previous co-host on in like 2014, 15, whatever it was, I was like, oh, we made it. We made, like, th- that's what it felt like at that time. And then of course, right. now, you know, he's picked up by Spotify and all of that good stuff. So definitely congrats on that. And the other brother that right, you right. mentioned, I've seen him post in the black podcasters United, um, Facebook group. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause yeah, cause I think his thing focuses more on, um, on mental health. And, and I mentioned that because I was thinking about like, like the way that we fragment, because I was thinking, I'm like, Hmm, like how many black men do I, and I can't know possibly every single black man was in like the personal finance space or in these lanes, but I was, I was thinking about it and people that are known names and, it, and it's like a really small list, but as you branch out and you start getting into like pop culture, comedy, sports, music, and creativity and creative around that type of content, you do start to see a lot more um, black men start to pop up. But when you get into like that developmental type of content that like, how do I do better, get better, improve? I feel like that circle gets even smaller. It's tight. It's a, it's a, it's a tight circle, man. That's a good call out. And, you know, I think that frankly, in the grandest scheme of things, like this space is still very, very young, right? Like I would say pop culture, sports, like those things are, if they're like, even, even if they're not way older, they are because there's so, there's so many folks in that space, in that arena. Like, I feel like it's just busier. There's just more people over there. Like to your point, like there's just more happening over there. I think when you, like you said, like that, it's like that professional development, improvement, corporate emotional intelligence type content that like you said the the circle is the circle is small um but um but let's talk a little bit about 2021 i'm curious like one we're gonna put all the links to your youtube and like just the different things that you're doing but i'd love just to hear more about like what you're excited about in 2021 like what you know as you think about what you maybe even if there's some things that you're excited to build upon that you kind of I know you talked about some things that you're doing that you started in 2020 like I just love to hear kind of like what's on your big board and it's crazy because I'm going to start immediately with um, a tip because you asked me that question and I got goosebumps just by the question alone and I uh, I say I'm starting with a tip because I often talk about this thing called emotional goals where uh, so, you know, sometimes people just have resolutions and goals and they just kind of say they're going to do something for the sake of doing it and they end up not doing it. And it's not really that big of a deal. Whereas uh, I like to create goals where when I think about achieving them, I actually feel something. And so just now, like you even asking me like what I'm looking forward to and I'm thinking about some of the things that I want to accomplish this year and beyond. Like I, I really feel something thinking about that. And I think I, I feel a a sense of uh, freedom, just given a lot of things that have happened personally and just kind of where, where I'm at in life. This is also the first year where I am truly a solopreneur. And I say that because even though I've been doing things online since 2008, it's always been part of a group or I've always had a partner for everything that I've ever done online. And this is the first time that it's just me. 
like doing things the way that I want to do them. I don't have to ask anyone for feedback, input. I don't got to negotiate. If I think this is the best way for something to get done, that's the way that it's getting done because that rests with me in terms of who comes yeah. on the show. All of that stuff is with me. And, I, and I'd be lying if I didn't say that I absolutely love that. And I'm super excited to see what I can do on my own. But the other thing that I realized, even as I was preparing for my first podcast episode of 2021 is... I've always had a dream of having a multimedia company. No, normally I would say a multimedia empire, but I, I'm, I'm gonna just say company today. I feel you, yeah, yeah, I feel and, you. And I've been thinking about that. I mean, really like that's been the like that's been the thing since like I first got online is I wanted to have a company that consisted of a series of web properties. And at that time, like blogging was a thing. So I mainly thought in terms of websites, but as the years have gone by, I'm like, man, I would love to have a company where, you know, there's IARJ or I am Rich Jones Media at the top. And then under yeah. that is Paychecks and Balances. And then there's, yeah. the, there's the Freedom Chase, which is the personal development blog that I just stopped writing and haven't updated in years. And then, yeah. you know, there's the Show Starter, which is the YouTube channel and brand that I'm launching. And I realized as I was writing the notes for this episode that I actually have that. And I guess I hadn't really thought about it that way before, yeah. but, I'm, but I'm like, yo, I have the multimedia company, especially now that it's just me, I have the multimedia company that I've been dreaming and wanting for years. And mm -hmm. there's no more excuses. There's no more watching other people succeed and feeling like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Like, like, like I am here. Like I have the exact thing that I've wanted. So I'm super excited to get more into uh, video for sure. So with the YouTube channel for the podcast stuff, and by that, I mean, helping new podcasters start and grow, but also things that I can do for the Paychecks and Balances brand on that YouTube channel that are strictly creative, not about SEO, not about some type of strategy to bring people in. Just like, I feel like talking about this today, this may not get X number of views or downloads, but it's interesting to me. So I'm going to create it or I find this funny. I don't care if everyone finds it funny, but as long as the few people who are intended for find this funny, I'm going to create it. So I'm I'm really looking forward to being able to just create whatever type of content uh, I want across these various platforms and to start building out the uh, tentacles, for lack of a better term, of this media company that I that I now have and to start having this thing start to look the way that I've wanted it to look for quite some time now that was a little bit more difficult to do, quite frankly, when I was always kind of in partnership or uh, or, or, or in unison with somebody else. And maybe we didn't always have the same goals. And again, that's going back to like 2008 where like, I, I thought things should go one way, but you know, just being a natural people pleaser and, and being the uh, team player, I think for a number of years, I put some of my own thoughts, some of my own, um, ambitions on the back burner, or at least I didn't prioritize them as highly for the good of whatever I was involved in with whoever else I was involved in it with. Whereas now, and I mean, and e even in terms of just like my personality, I feel like I, I put myself on the back burner for a number of years in terms of how I expressed myself, the things that I talked about and being a podcast host, you know, it's always about the guest. I am very much, it's always about the other person. So the way that I do interviews and like a lot of that stuff has changed where I've actually started sharing more. And I think yeah, it was man. the episode where when you came on, uh, when you came on my show and I think we talked because you, because you triggered this thought when you mentioned, uh, having a previous family member be like a sharecropper i thought about uh my dad and the family that came from mississippi and how they ended up in upstate new york you know in um in yeah in, in albany and i told and i mentioned you know family coming from vicksburg vicksburg mississippi and i actually had 
listeners reach out and say, yo, I've been listening to you for years because I've been podcasting since 2013. I've been listening to you for years and I never heard you mention this or I never heard you. Like, I feel like I've heard, I've learned so much about you in the past three months. And the only thing that's different about the past three months, and when they said this, it was still toward the end of 2020. The only thing different about these past three months is that I've been, I've had the space to fully be myself. And it's funny because we talk about the DEI context of that at work, but um, even on my own show and even in some of the things that I've created, I feel like I've been so much about everyone else and making sure that everyone else who was a part of whatever I was creating was happy that I didn't fully put myself out there. So I think I'm really excited as it relates to this year and beyond to just like be the face and just like not have to create space for other people. And, and that sounds kind of weird. I'd be curious about your thoughts on that. But and I understand that I will need to build a team, but it is different when like you're driving the strategy and vision and Yo. the team is coming to you for a directive and they believe in the vision versus. Yeah, it's way different, man. It's way different because. You know, we talked I think we talked about this and I mean, um, oh, you know what? Another person, Stephen Hart. Yo, shout out to Stephen Hart. Um, Stephen Hart. Um, yes. Um, Trailblazers podcast. Thinking about like other black men. Stephen Hart's very supportive, very encouraging. Um, he actually the person who gave me the idea for the twelve days of podcast. We dropped like a pod every single day. Like just like that was super dope. That was a that was his idea. So, um, but so I bring him up because like maybe I told him about this. But when we first started, Living Corporate had like four different people, like all trying to be co leads, and it was just a mess. It was a mess, and like I got love for everybody. Um, but people started falling off. Like I didn't fire anybody. People just quit because they just couldn't keep up with the pace. They didn't like, you know, they didn't agree with this. They didn't agree with that. They felt like, you know, you know, they just wanted to do like kind of like a monthly podcast. And I'm like, no, I want to create a network. And, um, and I'm telling you every, every, with every person that quit, I felt like it was like just one more weight off my neck. Oh, and by the time everybody was gone, I felt great. <laughs> I felt great. <laughs> did you ever question yourself though? Because and because I definitely did. I, I felt no. So it was. So I felt great, but it was paired with a lot of me talking to a lot of my mentors. Like, man, what is wrong with me? I read a bunch of different books about, um, like narcissism and like, you know, and like just like really trying to like interrogate my own intentions and personality because I'm like, you know what is up with that? Like, why do people, why do people want to leave? Right. And, and so like I say, it was four people, two of them quit. And then the other person, Ade is still around, but she's kind of taking more of a background, role, but she still hangs out. She'll come on the show, everything like that. But I'm the person who now like I control everything is my point. Like now everybody like that you see, like we have, our team is big, but they're all contributors and volunteers or contractors or something like that. But like, I'm the person who's setting the tone and the direction I own living corporate. Like, and so I'm excited for you. Because if you can find the right people, which is way easier said than done, but man, if you can find the right people, like, I mean, you can go crazy, especially Paychecks and Balance is already such a big brand. So like, you know, and I, I think we talked about this before is like, you know, Paychecks and Balances is already big and known. So like when you shoot out something else, like the the ramp, I think for it to like get big will be a shorter ramp than living corporates because we kind of, we did everything you're talking about. <laughs> you've been around, y'all been around quick, for a man. minute. You've been doing your thing years. for a second. Like living corporate has been like, that's pretty, um, and coming from someone who's been doing these type of digital. So I, I feel you when I get you on the point because, uh, I mean, 
Paychecks and Balances wasn't even the first podcast that I had. It was a previous show with a different name before that that evolved into Paychecks and Balances, which has been around since 2016. So you think about it, it's it probably took a solid five years before yes. I started seeing the like the type of movement. And I mean, yes. and I've got it down to like a science now where yes. I can look at someone and just based off of like where they are and you know, some people just give you that vibe. You're like, this person's going to blow up if they keep, if, if they stay at it, which is where I think most people struggle is they don't stay with Facts. it long enough. Facts. And I know, and I, and I think that the biggest advantage that I have right now, even as I go into YouTube is that I know that it's going to take work. And so I'm yes. not going to, I like, I'm not going to get the scourge when, so even if I do have some folks transfer over, because here's the thing, paychecks and balances is about personal finance and career development. My first primary YouTube channel is going to be geared toward podcasters. So it's a completely different audience. But of course, within the bigger audience, there are probably some people who are interested in people people who come over. along. Yeah, yeah who yeah, come yeah. over just because it's me. But for the most part, like I'm, I'm not going to bring over the whole PB audience to YouTube. Sure. But, sure, 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 sure. But I mean, and, and you probably think the same, like I know, like, like, all right, if I really want this to go well, I can't be tight after six months if I don't have, you know, 10,000 no. subscribers or whatever it is. No. Like you gotta, like, you, you gotta, you gotta look at that 600 count subscriber list and smile, baby. You gotta look, you gotta be, you gotta be cool because it takes time. I mean, look, like, let's talk like, um, so living corporate, you know, we started off as a podcast and then we just started these web shows, right? Um, the web shows, these, these webs, these web shows are a completely different format. It's different content and it's a different medium. And so, you know, I can't be salty when it's not over 10,000 people uh, every episode because that's not, yeah. it's a different, right? And, you know, I, then I have to challenge myself and say, okay, well, how am I market? Like, you know, this is a very meta conversation because we're talking about, like, first of all, offline, we got to figure out what we're doing, man. This is crazy. Okay. This is dope, man. And maybe because, Again, we talked about earlier, like this space is kind of, it's, you know, this it doesn't really exist. Yeah, it's, it's not really. And I mean, I said last year too, and if you've been listening to this, they're like, what, what, what am I listening to? But I mean, we <laughs> said last year, we were like, yo, like there's, like there's something like we're, right. we're, we're, yeah, like we're in this like similar spirit and we have probably different approaches and different areas where, where we can really flex, but there's something, but you, you're right. Like there's not. There, like, there, there isn't like much of this. I got like one other brother right now. Um, you know, I talk to Stephen Hart and folks like that too. But I got like one other brother now who's in the personal finance space, who's podcaster, who's doing video, and we've started talking a lot more. And what's actually kind of funny? Um, I, now I'm glad you said what you said because what's that? Because like, like the way we've been joking back and forth. Uh, like I paused and I was like, is this like? normal are we like fanning each other? like what is it pause <laughs> <laughs> well I'm no like, we gotta talk we gotta talk about we gotta talk about another time because it's, it's there's some things there's some things even there right it's like just again like how black men i'll say cis het black men engage yeah. and relate it's like you know <laughs> what pause. is pause like it's like it's like okay well what what is this actually and like is this friendships excitement like what like you know, like, what does it look like to be, to practice, like, vulnerability and creativity and, like, all these different things simultaneously? And, you know, you know, you kind of alluded to your past partnerships. I think, frankly, like, we have to, and I brought this up when I spoke to the co-founder of Shop Black, Tony Lawson, last year. And I said, like, we can't practice the same capitalistic, white supremacist, patriarchal relationships that have been enforced on us. Like, our relationships 
like from an intracommunal perspective, like black people, we have to we have to we have to reimagine and kind of like really dismiss a lot of these westernized contexts of relationship and because they often come down to power and control. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is we try to like express or dominance over one another um, as men and and male and female relationships, both uh, platonic and romantic business, personal, professional, whatever. And like, that's why a lot of times things fall apart because there's tension there where we don't, it doesn't have to be, but we're buying into systems and structures that frankly were used to oppress us. And like, we have to rethink how we relation with each other because yeah. um, it's not sustainable. Like, like what we're, what you do historically isn't sustainable. Like there's no reason that a relationship has to really end bad ever. Um, if you're engaging in healthy systems, but look, man, we could go on forever. Look, I just appreciate you. Uh, shout out to paychecks and balances. Um, this is a great show. Honestly, one of the more like kind of like co-hosty type shows I've had in a really long time, but I'm really excited about the conversation that we had and I look forward to having you back. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Always good to chat. And uh, yeah, I know we still got a conversation to have uh, my podcast. So looking forward to it, good brother. All right, man. Peace. Living Corporate is brought to you by The Leadership Range, a podcast within the Living Corporate Network, hosted by globally certified and Fortune 500 executive coach and leadership development expert Neil Edwards. The Leadership Range is focused on having real, raw, soulful, and accountable conversations about inclusive leadership, allyship, professional development. Every week is a new episode with new learning and new actions to take on to grow inclusively. Make sure you check out The Leadership Range everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we're back. Yo, again, shout out to Rich Jones of Paychecks and Balances. Make sure y'all click the links in the show notes. Give him some love. Make sure if you haven't given uh, Paychecks and Balances five stars, you go ahead and do that. And hold on. Before I be directing y'all to give other folks five stars, can you give your boy five stars? You know what I'm saying? Like, can you just slide on the Apple podcast app? You know what I mean? Scroll down. You're going to see like little five blank stars. So what you do is take your finger and don't do four stars. Like who does that? Why take the time to give me a rating and give me four stars, right? Give me the five stars. Give me the five stars. And then if you want to you add a sixth star by giving me a review, tell your people about me, right? Let people know what's going on, right? Like we, we got something special here. I'm very excited about some things coming later this year. And I'm excited about this content that we're pushing out. Right. I am. I am. If you can't tell right now, I've been told sometimes I get a little too live on the mic and I'm popping through there. So I'm trying to trying to keep it calm. But hopefully you hear me. I'm like a, I'm like a confident six and a half on the excitement scale. I'm very, um, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, what we have coming down the pipeline. I'm looking forward to our content later this week and our guests next week. But I'm never going to go into that right now. OK, because right now we're talking about paychecks and balances we're talking about supporting living corporate we're talking about uh, centering and amplifying black and brown folks at work and we're talking about kind of what i brought up at the top of the of the show which is being an effective ally means actually being willing to sacrifice something and don't be mad (laughs) at the person you should be an ally for when you realize that you may not have the metal to be an effective ally right like like there's so much psychology and like it's so interesting. I, I really think I want to bring back 
uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Orbe Austin uh, or or uh, or Mrs. Uh, Dr. Well, or just bring back bring back both of them. Bring back uh, Mr. and Mrs. Dr. Orbe Austin, because there's so much psychology when it comes to just like effective allyship and, and, and the defense, like just how all these things come together between like defensiveness and fragility and projection and. I don't know. I just I find it so intriguing. But again, like I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. So I, I just I very much so want to have that conversation again. Anyway, um, we'll talk to y'all soon. Until next time, this has been Zach. We live in corporate peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.